0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We started last Sunday night a series, and we'll do it for a few Sunday nights here, even into January, but we were in Matthew chapter 2 last week, and we talked about the fact that Herod was troubled. And of course, the reason that Herod was troubled was because the wise men had come and they asked the question. They said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Well, Herod was the only king of the Jews that he knew of and that he uh, uh, thought existed. And so that irritated Herod. That troubled Herod. He was bothered by that. That was something that, uh, that got him worked up. It was something that got him distressed. It was something that caused him to panic. And we talked last Sunday night, we preached last Sunday night, how the, probably the one thing in Herod's life that caused him to be troubled was his pride. Herod was not willing to admit that there was another king. He was not willing to submit and yield his life to Jesus. He was not willing to humble himself. And if we're not careful, we the same way, we will let pride rule our lives. You know, a lot of times we think that the people that are proud, you know, it's everybody else. But if we're honest with ourselves and if we're honest with the Lord, I think we would have to say that pride is something that we all deal with. Maybe that's the reason that God listed that as the first of the six sins that God hates, the seven that are an abomination. Number one is a proud look. May God help us. Uh, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. And Herod was troubled because of his pride. I'd like to speak in this series over a few weeks. I'd like to speak on how we can get triumph over a troubled life. As we've read the Christmas story these last few Sundays, I think it would be easy to understand why maybe Mary would have been troubled. There's a lot of uncertainty in her life. I think we could see maybe where Joseph should have been troubled or maybe where the wise men should have been frustrated. But isn't it interesting? None of those people were troubled. None of those people, people were frustrated. But it was the king, Herod, who seemingly had it all together. But he was the one who was troubled. It's interesting, we get in the book of Genesis tonight and we see another ruler. This is Pharaoh. He is the king of Egypt, and Egypt at the time is a world power. And Egypt at the time is a place where Joseph has been brought as a slave. And uh, back in January, we started a series on Joseph and we went through on Sunday mornings the life of Joseph. But we see in Genesis 41 that after Joseph has interpreted dreams in prison for the chief butler and the chief baker, we see that the chief butler is is promoted and his life is spared. And two years later, after Joseph had been forgotten, the pharaoh, the king of Egypt, he has two dreams. And the Bible says that he dreamed the first dream, and it's about these uh, 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 seven uh, cows that were, were, were fair and that were fat and that were just the best of the best. And something happened, seven uh, uh, ill-favored kind, they came out and they devi- devoured those seven that were fat. And then he, the Bible says in verse number um, uh, six that he, five that he slept and dreamed the second time. And this time it's seven ears of corn. And seven ears of corn that looked good had been the kind you would have picked and you would have, would have wanted to have. And, but yet seven ears arose that were uh, dry and that were withered. And yet those seven devoured the seven that were desirable, that were plentiful. And the Bible says in verse number seven that Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. In verse eight, it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was trouble. Here is a king, here is a ruler, and yet he is trouble. He's distressed. Uh, He is frustrated. He is worried. And the reason is because although he remembered the dreams, unlike Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember that story, Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to tell me the dream and the interpretation. Pharaoh brings out the magicians. He brings out his wise men. He brings out his counselors and he tells them the dream and says, so what does it mean? (laughs) And they all stare at him and say, no clue. (laughs) We don't know what it means. And that bothered Pharaoh and that troubled Pharaoh and he was frustrated. He felt like there was more he needed to know and he felt like there was more to this dream than just some crazy dream that he had the night before. And we see that Pharaoh was troubled. I'd like to speak to us tonight in this second message in this series not about the pride that leads to a troubled life but i'd like to speak about the fear of the unknown and can i tell you i i I cannot believe how applicable this is in 2020. we have just gone through a year where we had no idea you remember back in march remember that when we went to online services for a couple weeks and uh, and everybody said it's going to be two weeks Two weeks is all we need. Well, here we are nine months later, 10 months later. And can I tell you, we still don't know. We don't know what January is going to hold. We don't know what February is going to bring. We don't know what's going to happen in March. I'll tell you how how come I know we don't know. Because we've just tried to plan a calendar for 2021. And you know what we found out? We don't have the foggiest idea what's going to happen. But I'd like to speak tonight on how we can have triumph over a troubled life and how we can have triumph over a fear of the unknown. We see in this passage that Pharaoh was faced with a situation that was out of his control. This was beyond his expertise. Even the experts that he usually called in, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't answer the questions. It's been very very amazing to me this year that as you listen to the experts, as you listen to the people who you would think would know, people that would know about uh, medicine or people that would know about a virus or people that would know about uh, uh, all of those things, it's amazing to me as you listen to those people, we found out something they didn't know. And you say, well, how do you know they didn't know? Just go back and listen to what they were saying in March. And then listen to what they were saying in April. And then listen to what they were saying the next month. You know what they're telling us? They don't know. And by the way, I don't know either. And you don't know either. And there can be a fear of the unknown, especially when the wisest people you know and the smartest people you know and the experts that you know, they can't figure out the problem. It's interesting to me, and I won't preach long tonight, but it's interesting to me that God used people in Pharaoh's life that he never would have picked. Who did he call? He called the wise men. He called the experts in. But guess who had an answer? His butler. His butler said, Pharaoh, I got it. I'm sure Pharaoh looked at the butler and said, you got what? I had a dream that I can't interpret and nobody else knows. And you think, you know, he's like, no, I don't know. I don't know about that dream, but I know somebody who does. And he tells Pharaoh, he says, when I was in prison, this guy interpreted my dream and he interpreted the baker's dream. And it was exactly like he said. And so I'm sure Pharaoh is thinking, first, I thought the butler had, idea. And now he's telling me there's a guy somewhere down in a dungeon, in a prison, and he's got the answer for everything. But I think Pharaoh was probably desperate. He said, sure, well, bring him here. Let's hear. And here comes Joseph. Here comes a man from a foreign country, a Hebrew who was sold as a slave, one who had worked for Potiphar, the captain of the guard. And Joseph comes before Pharaoh. And notice what Joseph says in verse 16. I love this verse. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, it is not in me. He said, before we go any further, Pharaoh, you need to know that it is not in me. I don't have the answers. I don't have it figured out, but I know somebody who does. He said, it is not in me, but it is God that shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Can I tell you, God uses often, God uses unusual people. God often uses unlikely people. I'll say this about Joseph, and we we won't uh, belabor this point. I think we understand it. But God uses humble people. You know, Joseph didn't march in there and say, it's about time. Hey, Butler, thanks for remembering me two years ago. Thanks a lot, buddy. You know what Joseph did? He came in and said, Pharaoh, before we go any further, you need to know it's not me, but it's God. And friend, I want to tell you, anything good that happens in our lives, it's not because of us. It's all because of him. And God uses unlikely people and God uses humble people and God uses faithful people. You know where Joseph had been? He'd been in the prison still serving God and living for God and trusting God. And he'd just been faithful doing what God had called him to do. And God uses people who are faithful I preached yesterday at Brother Johnny Lassiter's funeral service. I preached that passage. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what God's looking for. That's the person that God will use. I'll say this, God uses forgiving people. You know why God used Joseph so well? Because Joseph learned how to forgive. Joseph is never recorded in Scripture of seeking revenge on his brother's. He's never recorded in Scripture seeking revenge on Potiphar. He's never recorded seeking revenge on Potiphar's wife. He's never recorded seeking revenge on the butler, and he could have said, I had to waste two years of my life because of you, buddy. Joseph learned how to forgive and move on. Can I tell you, God can't use us if we're not willing to forgive. Forgive if we will not forgive our brother who has trespassed against us, but yet God has forgiven us of all of our sin and he has given us a a clean slate and a, a record that is clear, how in the world can God use us if we can't even forgive someone else? But God uses people who are forgiving. God used Joseph in an amazing way. I was thinking this week, I was thinking about how God has used uh, some unusual people in my life. God has used some unlikely people in my life. And I was thinking this week about how God did an amazing work in Davenport, Iowa for my brother, Joel. He's been here many times. And I think he's told some of the story. I don't think he got into this part of it. But God miraculously, several years ago, God miraculously gave them a church building. Uh, it's a beautiful building. At the time, it, was, it needed some updates, but it was a beautiful building. It was in a perfect location, and, and God gave them that. They'd been meeting in a, a YMCA, and they'd been meeting in a hotel and just praying that they'd be able to get some money together, and then God gave them a building. And then not only did God give them a building, but then a church said, we want to give you $200,000 to make any necessary updates or repairs on the building that we just gave you. You say, well, how did all that work out? I asked Joel that. This was years ago. And I couldn't believe it because he had told me at one time and I'd forgotten. There was a, 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 I say this, he was a little boy at the time. His family was in our church in Geneseo right after we got there. His name was Josh. Uh, Just a nice boy and his sisters, his family. they, They used to come and they stopped coming, they moved away or something happened and I hadn't heard from them in years and Joel had even said he hadn't really heard from them in years but this guy contacted Josh. He would grown up and he was an adult, young man at the time and he contacted my brother Joel. He said, hey, I, I heard you're looking for a, a church and he said, I've got this uh, pastor I know over here and he said, I, there may be a possibility of them working out something with you and, and that was the connection. If you would have told me, said, who would you guess worked all that out? I never in a million years would have guessed that individual, and neither would my brother Joel have guessed that. But you know, it's amazing how God uses unusual and unlikely people in our lives to accomplish things that we never could have imagined. I think about the fears of the unknown that you may have tonight. Maybe it's a fear of a job. Maybe it's the unknown of a a job or, or your health. Maybe it's the unknown of a relationship, or maybe it's really the unknown of what's going on in our country. Can I tell you, our nation is in a mess right now, and there's a lot of unknowns, and I think if we had any idea of what might be down the road, I think we'd probably be even more fearful. There's a lot of unknowns about this uh, COVID, and there's a lot of unknowns about sickness and all of these things. Can I tell you, there's a lot of things that we could fear because we don't know what's coming. I think about seven years ago, my wife and I, we had been praying about what God had for us, and we loved serving the Lord where we were there with Pastor Treber and uh, Santa Clara, but I felt like, felt like God was calling me to pastor, and we'd been talking about it and praying about it. I remember when we got the call, Brother Askew, you were on that uh, pulpit committee, and uh, Brother uh, Johnny was on that pulpit committee, who just went home to be with the Lord. Brother Fields is probably uh, watching, and Brother Glover, and Brother uh, Morris and Brother Lenwood, you men were on that pulpit committee. And I remember the first time we came was this time of year. Seven years ago, we came and got to meet you folks and we officially, we candidated. And then after we candidated, we thought, wait a minute. Now we gotta wait. And we gotta wait on a vote. It was like two and a half or three weeks. It seemed like an eternity is what it seemed like. But with Christmas and New Year's, that's just the way it worked. And, And there was a lot of unknowns for us. And I remember my wife and I, we prayed a whole lot before that. and We prayed a whole lot after that and just not knowing. But can I tell you, it's amazing how God works things out. It's amazing how God, He knows. We don't know, but He does. It's amazing how that if you will trust Him, it's amazing how you can get victory over a troubled life. And if we'll uh, trust Him, we can get the victory over our fears. The only thing to fear about the will of God is missing it. And sometimes we are so fearful of what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen the next day. But I got news for you. Our God is an omniscient God. means He's all-knowing. There may be things that we don't know, but there's nothing that He does not know. He knows it all from the beginning to the end. I want you to see quickly, number one, you can get victory, you can get triumph over a troubled life, and you don't have to fear the unknown, number one, because God has the answer. You say, what answer are you talking about? Whichever one you need. God's got the answer. God's got it all figured out. God knows. There's times where I don't know the answers and there's times where I don't even know the questions. You ever been there? But can I tell you, God knows it all and God has the answer. Notice verse number 16. Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me, but God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. This was not an unknown situation with God. God already had it all figured out. In this case, Joseph was not the answer. The answer was God's word. The answer was the message from God that Joseph delivered. God gave Joseph the answer, and he was able to share that answer with Pharaoh. Can I tell you, we have the word of God. We have the answer and God allows us to have messengers and preachers and teachers and people in our life that can can, can show us the word and teach us the word. But friend, you don't have to wait on a preacher to get up and preach. You can get up tomorrow morning and you can open the pages of scripture and you can get the answer and you can read what thus saith the Lord. We have the answer. I know that Joseph in this passage was not the answer. I understand that, but it's interesting in scripture how Joseph is a picture Of Jesus. And I'll tell you one thing Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to whatever you're going through, whatever problem you're facing. Jesus is the answer. Joseph was beloved of his father. Jesus also was the beloved son in whom the father was well pleased. Joseph was hated by his brethren. Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. Joseph was sold for silver. Jesus was betrayed. For 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Jesus was falsely accused before that court. Joseph resisted temptation. Jesus also resisted temptation in the wilderness. Joseph was the savior of the world at this time by keeping much people alive, but Jesus was the savior of the world, not just the physical world, but the spiritual world and the spiritual needs of people and the eternity of souls. Joseph was exalted in due time. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ is exalted. He is high and lifted up. He is the son of God. The Bible tells us in Genesis 41 and verse number 43 that Pharaoh made Joseph a, a, to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. There's coming a day, Philippians tells us, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow You're going to hear another proclamation and it's going to be bow the knee and it's going to be all people past and present and it's going to be everyone who's ever lived that will kneel before Jesus Christ and proclaim him to be the king of kings. Joseph and Jesus, there's many, many similarities, but Jesus is the answer for today. Jesus has the answer to your problems. Jesus is the answer for your sin. He will forgive, he will cleanse, he will save you. Jesus has the answer for your eternity. Jesus is the answer. We see there's no reason to fear the unknown because God has the answer. There are some things that God will reveal through his word. And aren't you thankful for that? There have been times where I've faced situations and as I read the Bible and as I prayed and as I, I sought the Lord, there were, there were things and there have been things that God has showed me very clearly from his word. I, I knew it, there's no doubt about it. It's just like the, the words were reaching up and smacking me in the face, I knew it. There have been other times where I haven't known the answer doesn't mean that God doesn't have the answer. It doesn't mean that God doesn't know the end from the beginning. It just means there are some times where God hasn't given the answer. The answer is just walk with me. The answer is just trust me. The answer is we walk by faith and not by sight. There are some things that we'll never know till we get to heaven. There are some answers that we will not have revealed until we get to glory. But Jesus said this, there are some things that you won't know now, but you will know hereafter. And aren't you glad that when we get to heaven, there won't be any more questions? There's not gonna be any wondering. There's not gonna be any more speculation. But when we get to heaven, it's all gonna make sense. It's all gonna be clear. And aren't you thankful that God has the answer, number one, number two, I see in this passage that God not only has the answer, but God has the ability, God has the power to do whatever it is that needs to be done. Verse number 25, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. Now he had two dreams, but but Joseph said, Hey, it's the same thing. It's the same message. He said, God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Guess what? God can do whatever he wants to do. And God will do whatever he wants to do. And in some cases, he's going to show us ahead of time. In some cases, he's going to let us know and send us the memo in advance. And in this case, Joseph said to Pharaoh, God has showed you what he's getting ready to do. You've got seven years of plenty and seven years of bountiful crops and harvest. And then you've got seven years of terrible famine. He said, so God has the ability to send those seven years of plenty so you can be prepared for those seven years of famine. You see, God not only has the answer, but God has the ability. God had the ability to prepare Pharaoh and prepare Egypt for the famine. God had the ability to keep Joseph alive during all that he had went through and all that he had experienced. God has the ability to take care of you. God has the ability to take care of me. And God's not getting worried. He's not getting nervous. He's not getting tired. He's not getting weak. He's not getting old. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's not only omniscient, but He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He has the ability. Our God has the ability. In Philippians 4, 13, you know the verse but I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. God has the ability and the power to help you no matter what you're facing. You say, Pastor, I'm worried about the unknown. I'm fearful about the unknown. I'm troubled, and it may not be bad, but I'm, just, I'm fearful because I don't know. Well, join the crowd. None of us know. But we know someone who does. We know that God has the answer. Number two, God has the ability. But number three, I want you to see that God has the authority. It says in verse number 32, and and this has been something that I think we have really seen played out over these last few months. Because in our country, and I'm thankful for the way that our government was set up, I'm thankful for the three branches of government. I'm thankful for the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branches. I'm thankful for all of that. But there have been some things where maybe one branch has wanted to do something or wish they could do something, but they couldn't because they were limited. There have been times where some have tried to overreach and some have tried to do different things and the other branch says, whoa, hold on, you can't do that. And then we've got this amazing thing called the Constitution. And uh, boy, that's a blessing when we, when we use that, hallelujah. But can I tell you, God has never, ever been guilty of overreach, because it's all under his authority. God's never had anybody uh, uh, check him and say, oh, no, oh, no, this isn't your area. Oh, yes, it is his area. He created it all. He is over it all. He is in charge of it all. He has all authority. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I'm thankful that God has the authority. Verse 32 and for that dream, that for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God. Joseph said, Pharaoh, this is no accident. This is no coincidence. This is designed by the authority of Almighty God. It is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. When God says he will do something, it's as good as done. It's as good as if it's already happened. And when God says he's going to bring something to pass and he's going to accomplish something, he's going to fulfill something, friend, you can count on that. Sometimes we make promises that we hope to keep or we intend to keep or we will keep if we're able, but God has never made a promise that he could not keep nor has He ever made a promise that He did not keep. He has the authority. He's in control. You see, the fears that you have and the situations that you're facing, they may be unknown to you, but they are all known to God. It may be out of your control, but it's not out of His control. God has the authority. He has the power. And He has the jurisdiction to do whatever He wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. say, well, what does that have to do with us? It helps us not to be troubled. It helps us not to be nervous. It helps us not to be frustrated about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. But it helps us to know that we can trust him. There's no need to fear the future. There's no need to worry about what the future holds when you know who holds the future. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.